What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Rapture Radio. I am Pastor Stuart Amadon. Join with me as always, uh, Pastor Brandon Neely. Glad to be here. Happy to be here with all you wonderful people listening again. Uh, if you don't know about Rapture Radio, we talk about all things eschatology. Mm-hmm. That's an exciting subject to get into. I want to remind you guys, if you haven't done so already, you can find us on any place that you find podcasts. And wherever you find us on podcasts, be sure to rate and review us and all those wonderful things. Even if you don't like us, um, because we hear that that actually helps the algorithm go up. But we don't know if that's true or not. Supposedly a five-star review can help spread the word. Okay, so go give us five stars, even if you hate us. How about that? Um, If you like what you're learning here, you can check out our other podcasts. God and Government is one of them. Uh, There we talk about all things politics and apply the Bible to the civil realm. So if you're wondering how the government should be um, checked, maybe, Mm -hmm. uh, in the world in which we live in, by God and by the Bible, you can go hop over, search for God and government on any place that you find podcasts and listen to us more there as well. Today's show, do I get to say the title? Yes, go ahead. Is Wrestling with the Devil. (laughs) Wrestling with the Devil. (laughs) What a great title. (laughs) Yeah, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Which but means we wrestle demons and, and devils. principalities. Ooh, mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. Is this like a WWE style wrestling? Like, hmm. I put the chair down, the people's elbow. I'm out of wrestling references. Well, it's intense, but it's certainly not fake. Oh, <laughs> it's real. I like it. It's yeah, real. It's, it's life true. and death. Mm, yeah, life like and it. death. But we, you know, but we don't want to throw off our listeners because in past episodes we've talked about how Satan is is bound, mm. right? Yeah. So, how, what does it mean that we still are wrestling, fighting powers and principalities? We're still wrestling, wrestling the devil. Great question. That's a great setup. In fact, oh, oh, that ties in this concept of wrestling the devil with eschatology. Mm the main focus of this podcast. Yes, um, in Revelation chapter 20, we learn that uh, the devil is bound. I'll read it for us. Revelation 20, verse 1. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. Now, remember, this is apocalyptic language. This is not to be read literally. So he's not walking around with the key? No. Okay, I got it. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil, and Satan, and bound him, bound him for a thousand years. Hmm. Okay. That's the millennial kingdom, which, of course, in earlier shows we've explained is taking place right now as Jesus Christ is ruling over his kingdom. Got it. As the heir, the son of David, from the right hand of the Father, thrown over the universe. And currently, Satan is bound. Okay. That's right. Bound with a, a great chain, so to speak. Of course, he is not a physical being. He's a spiritual being, and he's not bound by a literal chain. This is apocalyptic, apocalyptic there literature. It is. There it is. <laughs> the coffee's kicking in. Yeah. So <laughs> if he's bound, then why do we need to worry about it? Why do we need to wrestle? Is he like semi-bound? Like not quite bound all the way? Maybe well, he he's just... bound, in, in, in Revelation chapter 20 gives us the heads up. It says he's bound in order that he cannot deceive the nations, mm, so that the gospel might go forth. Okay. okay. It, he's not bound in every way. Okay. He is not yet in the lake of fire. He's like the Black Knight missing an arm, Monty Python reference. Yeah, there you go. All I right. like it. He's like the lions chained up on the side of the path in Pilgrim's Progress. Ooh. As long as you stay on the straight and narrow... They can do nothing to you. They can't get you. That's right. Mm. He has had his armor stripped from him. And as a a beast, as an evil being without armor, he is vulnerable to the sword of the spirit. Okay. Okay. If you apply it. 
Mm. You see, this is why James tells us we can resist the devil and he will flee mm. because he has been bound. If he hasn't been bound, then what is our resistance going to do? Right. I get it. I get it. But on the other hand, if you don't resist the devil, he won't flee. Mm. You will. Mm. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. He is going to advance territory if you don't. He is wandering the earth to and fro. As he did in Job chapter 1, looking for an opportunity. So he hasn't been... So this is an important moment, I think, for us to think about all of our eschatology, right? So he's been bound, Mm -hmm. but he has not yet been cast into the pit. That's right. That hasn't happened yet. Yeah, he has not been placed into the lake of fire. The final judgment, the last day, has not yet occurred. He's a dog on a leash. I like that, To use an analogy, that that fits well, I think, with Job as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Whenever he's talking to Job, God is still reigning in authority over Satan. He's, mm-hmm. He put he puts um, restrictions on what he can and can't do. And here we see that exact same happening. The exact same thing happening again. He's a dog on a leash. He is, and and he is roaming about looking for someone to devour. Which I think could be could be thought of as looking for an opportunity to advance his cause. Mm. Looking for what Paul talks about in Ephesians as a foothold. Okay. He's, He's trying to get into even the church. Oh, definitely the church. Yeah. What else does he need a foothold for? He already, you know, he's doing well outside of the church. Oh, very true. Especially here in America, since the church has abandoned the political realm and the civil sphere, but that's for a different show. You should go listen to our God and Government podcast. There you go. <laughs> Ting! <laughs> but yeah, we, the devil is looking for a foothold from which to uh, strike, from which to attack. Mm-hmm. If you're going to overcome a fortress... You need a place to set up your trebuchets and catapults (laughs) where your catapults can attack the walls, but the the soldiers on the walls can't hit you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You need a spot to to nuzzle into inside of a local church Mm -hmm. from which you can attack the ministry of the word, Mm -hmm. attack the hierarchy and the leadership of the church, attack the peace of the brethren. Mm -hmm. And stay there comfortably and safely. Mm -hmm. He's looking for people. Through which to speak. We know from the Bible that he uses the vocal cords of humans. Right. We know that he can speak without the vocal cords of humans. Mm -hmm. We know that he is looking for vessels, ministers of Satan, the Bible calls them, that he sends into to churches Mm. to take them over so that they could become synagogues of Satan. So these are guys, like you can tell when they walk in though, because their eyes are rolled backwards in their head and they're (laughs) chanting the hell Satan. They're (laughs) vomiting green puke, speaking in Latin. (laughs) Head spinning in circles. Those are all the signs, right? No, the ministers of Satan that I've met usually got a light, um, you know, a, a light step, a joyful and gleeful gait. Mm. They're they're high fiving and smiling and hugging. And they're happy to be there. Oh yeah! Can't wait to be a, can't wait be to, can't wait to be a help, Pastor. Angels I'm, of I'm light. I'm just here to help. That's right. Angels of light. They don't come in with, you know, red horns or anything like that. No, they're ministers of Satan. Oftentimes in their own mind, they're self-deceived. They believe themselves to be following the word of God, mm. but they're there to sow division to ruin the peace, to tempt. Mm. So if we're looking for these ministers of Satan, what, what are some fruits, some signs that we should be searching for? I love it. I love it. That's what we're going to get into. Oh, okay. You are on it with the segues I'm ready. Today. I'm ready. Here we go. That's right. If he's still working in our churches through people or not through a person, mm-hmm. if he's still speaking into the life of the church, looking for a foothold, if he is looking at Christ church in particular, that's our church, our local church here in Acadiana, mm-hmm. and he's looking for an opportunity, what are the sort of things that he would do with said footholds? Okay. And you can... You can say if you've experienced this personally or collectively inside the local church, and um, maybe we'll give some stories, some examples. 
Well, right, one. Go. Here's one. I'm here's ready. one. Satan filled the heart of Ananias to lie. There in the local church, in the worship service, during the offertory. Oh, yeah. Well, no, we've seen that happen. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, we've absolutely seen that happen. <clears throat> uh, a pastor, I'd like to offer this uh, lovely donation, uh, provided you do precisely with it what I demand. <laughs> That's exactly right. Making money has lost its uh, its luster. Now I'd like to extend my power and dominion over the ecclesiastical realm. I've had those meetings where I've had to say to people, you don't get to. Blech. You're not in charge of this. Blech. Just because you have money doesn't mean that you have authority. No, submit to your elder board. Amen. Submit to the hierarchy of the church ordained by God. And, Amen. And have, has had that ordination um, seconded by the congregation of the people and other brethren. Submit to the budget of the church that's been agreed upon by the whole church. Mm. Tithe. <laughs> tithe. It's called tithe. Imagine if everybody just tithed. Yeah, it's called tithe. It would change so much. Amen. That's a good start, though. Yeah. But yes, yeah, Satan, Satan fills the hearts of individuals to lie. And, and in this particular instance, it's during the offertory mm-hmm. uh, regarding his intentions and his well, motivations well, for giving. You know, we've even walked into conversations so people don't know that I'm there. And I overhear conversations that are obviously lies about me or the church as a whole or something else. And I like to just kind of quietly insert myself into the conversation. Oh, who told you that? Where did that? Who said that? Wait. Beelzebub. <laughs> Where did that come from? And very often the, the response is like a blank stare. Uh, uh, late last night, um, <laughs> a being appeared to me on the corner of my bed, introduced himself as Wormwood. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to go with a C.S. Lewis. Yeah, as, as much as we joke, though, it really is true. Right. Satan does fill the hearts of people to lie. Right. Now, of course, we don't need the devil to lie. That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> but when there is just crazy, irrational, uh, like mm-hmm. over and above destructive lives that are lies that are being spread throughout the church, right. we ought to at least consider, entertain the notion that right. the devil's involved. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. Second, he tempts sexually. Duh. 1 Corinthians 7, 5, James 4, 1 through 7, if you'd like to look at the passages. In James 4, he talks about the lusts which are caused by the flesh which has, you know, all that is necessary to lust, but then also the devil. I mean, Pastor, what's wrong with a, what's wrong with a little nudity in the movies that I watch? Mm. That's not a big deal, right? The devil is offering up that forbidden fruit. Mm. He is tempting sexually. That's right. Absolutely. He divides the church. You know, his favorite weapon is not the hammer. It's not the, the gun. It's not the sword. His favorite weapon is the wedge. Mm. Amen. He loves to use anger, mm-hmm. exaggeration, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fallacy, mm-hmm. lies, deception, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, rebellion, mutiny, yeah. to drive a wedge between individuals and their church. Absolutely. And, and initiate a breaking of the covenant. And I love, in your notes, you say he divides, not just divides, but divides irrationally. Yeah, there's sometimes that, there's division. That's important. Yeah, you're like, what in the world is going on well, here? So I've, I've been in a few of those, you know, fun meetings where you realize that there's been about 14 conversations with you that you weren't actually present for. You ever had one of those? <laughs> and, and you sit there and you say, like, when did I? I never said that. You and I have only ever been friends. I've been trying to support all the things. I never said that either. What's happening? Like, it's, there's an irrational sense of who you are 
as a pastor that they get from somewhere They've received else. slanders. They've received lies. Right. They've made false assumptions. They've been debating you in their shower when you're not present. Well, hopefully you're not present in the shower with someone else, period. Well, that would be point two, that he tempts sexually. <laughs> yeah, but he divides. He loves to use the wedge to cut people away from their covenant. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize the significance, how serious it is to break covenant with your church. Absolutely. Well, in southwest Louisiana, where we're located, it's very casual. Maybe other people throughout the country experience the same thing, but your relationship to the church here is like a two-year stint, three-year. Hmm. That's That's... Deadly. They go hang out for a little bit, and then they hop to the next one. That's demonic. Uh, let's go ahead and say it. That's, that's demonic. Straight you know, up. The devil is causing irrational divisions. Absolutely. Of course, there's going to be times when we have to go our separate ways. And, of course, we know there's division in the local church to, to show who's genuine and who's not. That's right. They went and out from us because they were not of us. That's right. Barnabas and Paul divided. And as far as we can tell, there was no demonic activity between them. So sometimes that happens. But we need to be careful that when we're dividing and we can't give a reason for it. Yeah. We're breaking covenant. Right. And all we can give are ambiguous and vague notions that are mostly just blame shifting and finger pointing. Yeah. And and Absolutely. lacking charity and grace. Mm-hmm. No, that's that is that could be just plain old fashioned self. Well I think But it could be the devil. You could just evaluate it really easily. If you're at a new church every two, three, four years, there's demonic activity going you on might in be the problem. your life. It's <laughs> happening. Like absolutely. the devil absolutely has a foothold, and that's dangerous. And Agreed. we got, you know, we Agreed. should also say that some pastors enable it or often even encourage it. Pastors, sure. I should use that term loosely. Sure, sure. <clears throat> he also do, in, he causes a discouragement and hopelessness. First mm. Peter five verses seven through ten. As you read that passage, you you see that part of the problem there is discouragement. Mm-hmm. You know, it's never going to be enough, or um, it's hopeless. It's useless. Why even try? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he puts that in our, our hearts oftentimes, regardless of the fact that Nineveh repented at the preaching of the Word of God. Amen. I mean, just think about this. A whole city. And it's A king. whole city. Well, I mean, the fall of mankind. Mm. And God didn't say, well, well there you have it. You know, let's, I'll wash my hands with y'all. Uh, Done forever. No hope. You know, and so if he can bring hope out of the fall of mankind. Right. He can bring hope out of a difficult situation in the life of your church. Right. 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 <laughs> That's exactly right. So we, you can look out on your congregation on Sunday or look at your friends and be like, man, they're never going to change. Nothing's ever going to be new. No, no, no. A, fundamentally, you're not believing the gospel, right? There. That's right. And he can whisper those lies of discouragement. That's right. That's right. You're going to be here forever. Amen. Another one, he provokes pride. First Timothy mm-hmm. chapter 3, verse 5 specifically applies this to rookie Christians. If, you, <laughs> if you're a rookie Christian, a new Christian... Um, you should not be promoted to church leadership. You should not be placed into the leadership hierarchy of the church. Period. Full stop. Amen. And if somebody tries to do that, you should say, no. Bible no, says no. no. You, you don't self-ordain yourself. <laughs> People got leprosy in the Old Testament for that. Did I remember, so I, I became a Christian when I was 18 years old, and one of the first things that happened was somebody put a microphone in my hand and been like, you should be a preacher. I didn't know anything. I wish I would have known this <laughs> and been like, no, I shouldn't. Take yeah. that back. <laughs> you should have been reminded what happened in the Old Testament when someone tried to take on the uh, role of the priest. Mm. Uh, you, remember, you remember that that whole story where the king, Uzziah, he's like, you know what? You think I'm going to be a king? Now I'm going to also go into the church world and do this too. I'm going to be the boss of everyone. Mm. He ends up getting um, leprosy over it. Mm. You know, you don't just rush up into it. Right. It's a unique calling that God has to bestow, Amen. and it's confirmed by others in the congregation. Mm-hmm. 
You don't just sit down and demand that you have a, a calling, you have a gift. Well, that has to be confirmed by others. That's right. And then, of course, there has to be opportunity. Mm-hmm. You have to wait your time. How many years did Paul wait? That's right. That's right. 14 to 17 years right. before he engaged in, quote, ministry that he was called to 14 or so years earlier? Mm. I mean, there's a time, right. a time of resting, a time of waiting, a time of preparation. Well, I mean, even Jesus, his ministry didn't begin really until he was 30. Absolutely. Even then, he still went out to begin his ministry in the wilderness. Yeah, and he's God incarnate. Right. So if you're a young man or a brand new believer and you feel this sense inside of you that you should be a pastor, you should be a teacher, you, in fact, are already flexing your muscles on social media, relax, dude. <laughs> relax. And, and rest on the authority of the local church to recognize and send you, not... Because, I mean, honestly, nowadays, we can go find any ministry organization, air quotes, implied, that will commission and send you. Well, they're, they are so desperate for competent individuals. Right. But competency is only one aspect of the calling to be a pastor. Amen. You need to be recognized, commissioned, and sent by a local church, by your local church Amen. that actually knows you. Just like every one of you the preachers just, and ministers in the New Testament. Right. You, don't, you also don't just shop for a church until you find one that'll send you. Yeah. I'm, we've had a handful of folks come to Christ Church and say things like, hey, I think I'm, I'm going to be a pastor. And what I love about what we say to them is, okay, cool, just come to church for the next couple of years. Well, and very often these people, they have no reluctancy. You see, uh, good leaders are reluctant leaders. Hmm. They're, they're hesitant to put on the mantle. They oh, yeah. recognize the weight of it. Well, and if you know anything about church history, the 1800s, 1700s, whenever pastors would be called, they didn't want to. Uh, even uh, So I just got through <laughs> right. reading uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones biography, okay? So Martin Lloyd-Jones, he was a successful doctor, had a promising career, and he wrestled for quite some time with this thing that he felt as though was a calling to the ministry. He didn't just be like, I'm going, we're going to roll. Amen. And it's always been that way. Jeremiah tried to quit. Yeah, that's right. Moses. Moses. Yeah, Moses is like, no, thank you. Kill me if I have to be with these people anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Of Paul, Jesus said, I will show him how much he will have to suffer. Mm -hmm. No, no. You see, uh, good leaders are reluctant. Mm-hmm. They enter in hesitantly. They, they, they dare not tread where angels fear to tread. They count the cost. They count the cost. Right. And when their pastor of many years is telling them, hey, I think that's amazing. We love maximizing other folks. We love church planting. Mm-hmm. We love discipling young men. We love raising people up on the elder board, et cetera. Right. But you're not ready right now. You need to park for just a little while. Yeah, wow. That's mm-hmm. good news. That's good news. Yeah, not ready right now is, is good. You'll right. never be ready is, is not as good. <laughs> you know, sometimes you have to say, you know, as far as I can tell, you're not called, and I don't see you being called anytime soon. Right. That happens as well because they lack the aptitude. Right. See, part of the qualifications is apt to teach. Mm. There has to be a capacity or an aptitude, a giftedness. Right. But that's only half of it. You see an aptitude in a young man. That doesn't mean they're called. Not yet. Not right. yet. You know, chill. You got to learn how to be a good member in a church before you learn that's how to right. be a leader. That's right. Absolutely. So, yeah, the devil uses that to divide churches. Mm-hmm. These people will go inside of churches. They will raise up a faction and they'll take off as a, quote, church planner. 
often with funding from denominational headquarters who don't even know them from Adam. <laughs> who doesn't know it all? This is dangerous. <laughs> That's exactly right. That pride swells them up. Yeah, and this is quickly. coming from someone who loves church planning, mm. loves to send people out. Yeah. How Gotta many be churches ready, have though. we planted? Gotta like be ready. Five? Four, four or five. You gotta be ready, though. Amen. Yeah, he pursues with persecution, Revelation 2, verse 10. Mm. And persecution is more than just, like, you know, getting drawn and quartered. Right. When the Bible talks about persecution, it talks about having your name ruined. Yeah, which is so easy in the world in which we live now. Yeah. Like social shaming is such an easy trigger to pull on anybody. People do it so casually as well. I I heard that you were actually a dirty, rotten scoundrel and a liar. Yeah, people don't realize that bearing false witness is listed right along with um, committing theft and adultery and murder. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, you're you're damaging the the very image of God because you're damaging their name, and a, right. a name is more valuable than gold. The Bible yeah. says, and that's you know we're talking about church instances so much right now. We're yeah. talking about the devil's influence in the church, right? Well, you can always see really clearly pictures of that whenever somebody leaves a church angry and throwing hand grenades out the door. Yeah. Very often, very often. Yeah, he causes persecution. Not only um, is that going to be in damaging your name and reputation, but it could just be an ostracism, a social ostracism, mm-hmm. marginalization, mm-hmm. things of that nature. There's other ways, other things that happen before you are um, drawn and quartered. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's he right. Uh, capitalizes on anger as well. Mm. Ephesians four twenty five through 27. Mm. He talks about a young couple not letting their, their, uh, the sun go down on their anger. You've heard this expression before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lest you give an opportunity for the devil. Mm-hmm. Because the devil is roaming about looking for an opportunity to advance his cause, mm-hmm. to attack the kingdom of God, to ruin the church's effectiveness. And he'd love to drive a wedge between a husband and a wife, standing on the foothold of unrepentant anger, bitterness, mm-hmm. resentment, mm-hmm. grudges. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, you got to remember, if you don't forgive, your Father in heaven won't forgive you. That's right. You got to remember if you let anger and bitterness fester inside your heart, the that. devil will use that to remove you from your marriage, That's right. remove you from your church, and to speak through your vocal cords. That's right. To damage the effectiveness I mean, of the local uh, church. Uh, imagine the play. You just had a big fight with your wife, right? Mm-hmm. You're angry at each other, you're not talking to each other, and the, the enemy uses that as an opportunity to tempt you sexually, adultery, in another direction. It's oh, an easy That play. happens all the time, all I the imagine. Time. Yeah, all it tempts you to pride, tempts you to physical violence, mm-hmm. tempts you to all manner of irrational sin. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this doesn't mean, of course, that you, you have to hash out every disagreement before you, the sun goes down. I, in fact, sometimes counsel people to go to bed and talk about it in the morning. <laughs> yeah, because like a toddler, sometimes they just need a nap. <laughs> you just need to y'all are exhausted. Yeah. Everybody's angry. Go to bed. Yeah, it's a yeah, yeah. It's a poetic expression. <laughs> right. But the point is not to let bitterness fester inside your heart. That's right. You're That's sitting right. in a congregation, you're hearing a sermon and all you can think about is how much disgust you have for the minister of the word of God mm. and you just can't even you can't listen. You got a problem. You better be alert. The devil is coming after you. Hard and fast. That's exactly right. Amen. Exactly right. He causes logistical hindrances. What? <clears throat> what is that? Now, of course, because the church in America disobeys God um, and robs of him the tithes that are um, due to him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and has no respect for the New Testament Levites, because they have zero respect for the sphere of the church at, at large, they don't give. Wait. They don't tithe. Hold You just said a lot real fast. I know. You're going to have to listen to these podcasts. <laughs> slow them down. Take notes. So, so the first one, 
They don't honor the tithe, right? Because the Church of America does not give what God has commanded them to give, which is the tithe. That's right. The, the stats say about 2.3%. And then you The say, stats also said the richer you get, the sl- the lo- lower your percentage is. Absolutely. I believe that mm-hmm. 100%. Because it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven than for a camel to go through the eye of an eagle. That's right. And your wealth is often a magnifying glass towards your sin. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Anyway, yeah. so you got all these issues. And then you also said the New Testament Levites. Yeah. Um, this is shorthand for the way the Levites were supported in the Old Testament was through the tithe. Right. So, too, are the way the pastors are supported. Those who minister in the word are supported in the New Testament through the tithe. Right. You right. see, pastors are bond servants of the church, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. When we when we start a church, for example, mm-hmm. um, there is a lot of uh, capital that is built up. There is a lot of um, income that is created. Right. There is a lot of uh, facility and real estate that is involved. Mm-hmm. Well, none of it is in the pastor's name. Well, you know, not usually. <laughs> when uh, when we were donated a facility about right. 12, 13 years ago, oh, yeah. the um, the uh, title lawyers asked me, do we put this in your name or do we put it in the name of the church? And, and the answer, of course, is easy. You put it in the name of the church because the planting of a church is not an entrepreneurial enterprise right. because this is not an extension of my household. Right. I'm a servant inside the, the ecclesiastical realm. Oh, man, there's so much good theology right You there. understand what I'm yeah, saying? Absolutely. So I'm, I mean, I'm a bondservant mm-hmm. of the church. So I'm a minister. I'm a servant of the church. So I don't get, I'm like a Levite. I don't get my own land. Right. You know, right. I don't get a, 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 a <sighs> distribution. Right. So and and right. the more work I put in doesn't increase my salary. Right. You don't. You're not. That's exactly right. It's just said. I'm a wage earner. I'm a bond servant, mm-hmm. and I don't get to hand it down to my uh, legacy to my children or anything like that. That's it's a, right. It's a different situation mm-hmm. than a householder who owns a profit, and owns a business, and hands it down and has real estate and builds up capital and mm-hmm. you know that that's not the same situation. Right. And so that's because right. of that, and that's similar to the Levites, the way the ministers are. Um, funded, and the way the church is resourced mm-hmm. is primarily through the tithe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, there's also free will offerings. Right. You know, there's, uh, there's other things, um, but primarily with the tithe, the tithe is commanded. That's right. Jesus said, you tithe of your mint and your cumin and your dill. That's their, gar- gar- their gardens that they were bringing to market. You tithe from the profits of your herb garden. That's right. And that's small, small potatoes, but, mm-hmm. but he says, and this you should do. Mm. But don't ignore the weightier matters of the law, which refer to justice and mercy, things that the church institutionally is called to do. It needs a tithe to do it. Right. That's right. And so because the church in America, Christians in America, have rejected the tithe, um, rejected free will offerings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, there's all manner of logistical hindrances in the church. Right. Just naturally. That's consequences right. of our sin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we are the tail and not the head. Right. Because we refuse to obey. That's right. Funny thing is, it's like, well, we don't have any money to tithe because we have to pay 40% in taxes. Mm. Well, let me ask you, why do you have to pay 40% in taxes? When did that happen? Before or after you stopped giving the tithe? Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You stop rendering to God what is God's, and let's see how much Caesar desires for you to render to them. Mm. I believe the two are inextricably connected. Amen. So, But anyway, I say all of this to say we cause a lot of logistical hindrances ourselves, but there are some caused by the devil. Amen. That's uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.18. Paul was literally logistically hindered by Satan. Hmm. Hmm. Great example. Other things the the devil does inside the church, false doctrine. We could talk about that for days. Yes. False teachers, (laughs) false believers. 
the tares growing up among the wheat. Mm-hmm. Super normal. Well, you don't want to build a whole ministry that um, that uh, encourages and enables false believers to fit in and sit in there comfortably for year after year. Talk about ruining the effectiveness of your church. Well, so I know from firsthand accounts that there was a handful of churches in Opelousas that went from numbers in the thousands to numbers in the hundreds very quickly over COVID. Yeah, you see when you're harvesting, you grab a little uh, wheat and you grab some of that chaff. Mm-hmm. But when the blow, when wind blows real hard, when right. the harvester tosses that that uh, bundle up into the air mm-hmm. and that wind blows real hard, mm-hmm. the chaff whoo, was whisked away. That's right. That's or right. when the fires of God's judgment comes, that which is uh, wood, hay, and stubble is burned away. Only that which is of precious metals and gold and silver remains after the judgment of God. Amen. That, and you don't want to build a church that is poof, gone with the wind. Mm-hmm. You want to build a church that lasts eternally. Amen. So you, you might have a legacy and receive a reward in, in the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want to build a model that is filled with a bunch of Judases and stony believers. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while when you're preaching, Pastor, toss that bundle up in the air and let the wind take that chaff. We call those space-making sermons. <laughs> <laughs> you, won't, you may not have to build a big old sanctuary. You just preach a few hard sermons and get back to the core. <laughs> Suddenly, you don't need a building campaign anymore. <laughs> the devil's roaming around. He's like, well, this pastor... And the word here, and the counselors and the other preachers in this church, they abide all manner of sin because they don't preach the whole counsel of God. Right. I can find many opportunities to sow tares here. And if your metric of success, we were talking about this in our staff meeting the other day, if your metric of success is the numbers on Sunday morning, you will always be slave to the tares that are in your congregation. And in effect, slave to the devil. Yeah, and they're soaking up your AC. They're soaking up the, uh, the facilities, and they're demanding this and, and putting restraints on that. They're mm-hmm. hurting the effectiveness of your church. That's right. Amen. Amen. So preach hard. Preach the Word of God. Let the law of God do its work. Mm-hmm. Let the gospel of Jesus Christ offend mm-hmm. so that your church might be um, purified. Amen. Before you face another COVID. Amen. The devil also causes disease. <clears throat> he caused uh, muteness in the New Testament. Epilepsy. You know, he was casting this one kid into the fires. Mm-hmm. He can cause disease as well. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, not every disease is from the devil. But right. you also... You, you got to add that caveat. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> we live in a fallen world. Right. You know? But we do have the example of Job. Mm-hmm. We have to entertain the notion that within disease, the spiritual could also be a factor. Absolutely. Got to remember that. So that means I need to give my anointing oil and cast them out. Is that how that works? Well, we'll maybe we'll spend another show talking about how to um, resist all of this. Ooh. We probably need to. I think so, too. We've talked about what the devil does. We need to talk about how what we do in return. Mm. So we'll do that next time. I like it. But hey, he causes gossip as well and slander. Those are, we, we know these, right? Right. 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 So look, hey, Satan's wandering around looking, looking for an opportunity, seeking after rest, Luke eleven twenty four. 24, right? You want him to hear the word about your church and mm. say, mm, no opportunities there. Don't want to do this one. That's a lot of work. Well, remember when the sons of Sceva thought they were going to go out and make some money as um, uh, exorcists? That's right. That's right. The seven sons. Remember what the devil told them? <laughs> Paul, I know. I, you, I don't. Yeah, it's, it's like the word's out on Paul. <laughs> Don't mess with that cat. <laughs> yeah, we want that reputation. But isn't that cool, though? They talk. Right. They talk to humans, and apparently they talk amongst themselves. That's right. Hey, so Paul, don't mess with that guy. We heard of Paul. 
the Ooh. name, the word spreading. That's right. We want to we want to hear about we want to hear the devil. Well, not not literally necessarily, but we want him to have the same issue with our church. Yeah, we want him to run along. That's right. Oh no, we know about that church. We we can't. We don't want to. That's too much work. Yeah, they're surrounded by the fires, <laughs> by an army of angels, the chariots. <laughs> Amen. Eleven. Amen. Yeah. Well, we must not be ignorant of his devices. Mm. And we must resist him if we want him to flee. Mm-hmm. We must know his devices and study them to be able to stand against him. That's Ephesians right. chapter 6. That's right. Amen. And we must, throughout all of this, trust in he who is the stronger man, mm-hmm. who bound the strong man of Satan, mm-hmm. Luke eleven twenty two, mm-hmm. and gives us the victory we need through faith in him and through the power of the Spirit mm-hmm. to overcome, to be more than conquerors Amen. in this life. Amen. 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 We must fight. More on how to fight. Next time. Next time. Next time. Guys, thanks so much again for listening to another episode of Rapture Radio. You can find us anywhere that you find podcasts and our other shows. You can also go to wearechristchurch.com to find out more information about our church and get connected to other media resources that we have available for you. Thank you again so much for joining with us for another episode, and we will see you all next time.